Hey everybody, welcome back to Pod Lasso Talking Ted with Jess and Logan. I'm Logan. And I'm Jess. And we're going to talk Ted Lasso Season 2, Episode 6, right? Yes, 6. I think so. The Signal, which puts us officially at the halfway mark for Season 2. So, uh, we're going to spoil everything up to and including this episode and probably not much after except for maybe a little bit later in the episode um maybe not much from the current season because jess is not up to date you're only one episode behind right i'm only one behind i did not watch this past week's i intended to and it just didn't really work out (laughs) um it's a hell of an episode and it's it's we've got one left after this so the finale is this week man I can't believe that. It's wild. Yeah. Um, it's a great episode, though. So, uh, But uh, anyway, that's not what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about The Signal, a, uh, a all-over-the-place episode. Like, there's so many storylines in this episode. Yeah, and I, like, I rem- distinctly remember this episode and, like, the big things that happened, but it did feel a little bit more all-over-the-place than I think I initially remembered. Um, as I'm want to do on every episode, I like to ask a question. I have a backup question though, because so, <laughs> I, I don't know if this, like mantras come up a lot in this episode, whether like it's intentional or not mm-hmm. very much from the start, uh, when we see Colin and he's got his new mantra, but like, mm-hmm. uh, Rebecca's mother has one, um, Ted kind of shares one about leaving people. Uh, It's just, it's kind of an underlying thing. And have you ever had a mantra? I mean, not really. I know that like a lot of people are like, oh, you need to have like be grateful or practice your gratitudes or whatever. Have some like positive thing that you always tell yourself. I've just kind of never really been into that so i don't know i've never really had a mantra um per se i don't know what about you um not really i did when i was going through chemo Mm. um i kind of had this it it sounds kind of not positive but it it was just the way i had to look at look at things and i kind of lost track of that when i stopped going through it but I just, I would always, anytime anything would happen, I would just say, well, it, it just, it is what it is, and, like, that's what it has to be. Like, mm-hmm. whatever happens was supposed to happen, and we'll just get through it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I don't know if that really counts as a mantra. Um, the other thing that comes up kind of sort of a lot not just in this episode but nicknames like everybody's got like these little pet names uh rebecca's (laughs) mom's uh for her is sausage (laughs) which you know i guess is better than stinky true um and and i'm assuming jess is basically a nickname (laughs) I don't... It is, yeah. yeah I mean, did you ever have one that was anything, you know, like killer or ace or like, or even something goofy like sausage? 
which is <laughs> terrible. <laughs> that is terrible. I mean, for me personally, I don't – I'm trying to remember. I don't think I had a ton. I mean, possibly when I was playing soccer in high school or something, we had some, but I can't remember anything specific other than at, at different points because my first name is so common – um, we we did have a tendency to go by last names, which you know my last name then is different you know than it is today because I got married and changed it. But that I mean that I mean Jess is a nickname in and of itself. Um, it's obviously short for Jessica. And I don't know. Let's see. My middle name is Lynn, and some you know some people over time have called me like Jesse Lynn or Jessica Lynn, like as kind of like a pet nickname. My mom said it often when I was in trouble, but sometimes she just says it just to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's kind of it. We we have some for, for our own kids, um, but, like, my husband has, has a nickname for our oldest daughter, and I, we've kind of come up with a couple of different ones for, for the little one, uh, which is kind of funny. But Yeah, I, I never really had a, a nickname either. I have I, – I don't like – nicknames I, pet names it took me a while like i'm mean, probably tmi but like i'm not super <laughs> like I, I i don't really have but a handful not even a handful two or three long-term relationships i'm not married um so the whole like baby darling sweetie stuff like <laughs> i guess because i've never had like an extended period of anybody saying stuff like that to me when somebody does i'm just like you sound like a used car salesman um <laughs> or salesperson uh it's just it you know i don't know it doesn't really have like the effect it's supposed to have on me and i've had nicknames i didn't like because of my last name um uh, but fair. <laughs> uh, i don't i don't count those but like actual nicknames no my mom mostly just got confused and called me my brother's name oh, so. <laughs> that's always good <laughs> yeah um so yeah uh no nicknames i i mean it would be nice to have like a kick-ass one you know mm-hmm. like a biker kind of nickname <laughs> that's just not the kind of guy i am <laughs> So. You could just start going by killer be like, this is who I am now, and you guys can all just deal with it. Which, I mean, kind of sort of spoilers for the future season. Uh, at one point, a player does rename himself, <laughs> yeah. and it's so fucking good. It's hilarious. Oh. I always wanted to be called Van Damme. Like, okay. Here we go. Um. All right, so the episode, um, the Roy Kent effect, is what mm. it opens with. What the uh, the pundits are naming the uh, Richmond's uh, are naming for the reason of Richmond's current win streak, uh, which we get to see little clips of and hints of. Um, we uh, we're we're back in like not a lot of stuff on the field, although we do get some at the end of this episode, which is kind of nice. Yeah, we do. Um, Rebecca in bed chatting. Okay, so <laughs> I'm I'm gonna try to say this without because I wrote the way I wrote it down sounds very shaming. 
and I don't mean it that way. She's in bed in her lingerie while a hunky dude is downstairs making her tea while she's chatting up another guy. Uh-huh. That sounds accurate. <laughs> and I'm just like, go, Rebecca. Um, yes, absolutely. I was like, you know, she's not ready to jump into something else. She's just kind of having some fun. I say, go for it. She knows there's no future there. I mean, why not? It's not like it's serious. It's just... Yeah, and I, I feel like the guy's not really super... Uh, he doesn't seem like he... He seems like he knows why he's there. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think he's there for exactly the same reason as she wants him to be there. I don't think there's any sort of, like, pretense. I don't think anyone's taking advantage of anyone. I think they very much understand what that relationship is, and that's all it's going to be. <laughs> So, awkwardly, Rebecca's mom shows up <laughs> to oh her God. house, uh, which, what a hell of a thing to have your mom walk in on your naked boy toy in the kitchen <laughs> while he's making you tea to mm -hmm. tell you that she's left your father. <laughs> Again. Again. Um, so... Uh, Deborah is Rebecca's mom's name. What a character, man. Yeah, she is quite the character. I was like, like when they first introduce her, I'm just like, this woman is like completely like wackadoodle. Like who, like who is Rebecca and where does she come from? Like, I need to know more because she feels like she is nothing like her mother, at least in this particular episode. Yeah, um, and, and maybe that's the the thing, which I guess we can talk more about it, because it, Rebecca's family very much is a thing for the rest of this season. Yes. Um, yeah, she seems so not like her mom, and I guess maybe that's it, is that she saw the way her mom was, and she was like, I'm not going to be that person. Yeah, that's possible. Um, but also it could, we don't really, we don't know Rebecca pre-divorce, so we don't kind of know what she was completely like with, uh, Rupert. So that's kind of curious. Yeah. That's um, a good, good point. We, uh, well, I'll, I'll talk about the wealthy stuff later in the episode. Okay. Because um, I'm really, really interested in... Like, like that blew me away, finding out that Rebecca's family was wealthy, because it seemed like that's not where she got her money from. But yeah, we'll talk about it when we get there. Um, so, Ted, walking into work. Happy-go-lucky, Ted, greeting everybody. There's a great callback when he walks into the building. Um <laughs> I didn't catch it until probably last week. Um, and it's because we've been rewatching it, of course. What, two or three episodes ago, when Higgins was being misplaced, like having to move around, mm -hmm. uh, Rebecca says something about uh, being put somewhere, and he's like, uh, then I have to deal with laughing Liam. Oh. The guy that Ted greets when he comes in, he's like, hey, Liam. Uh, oh. oh, I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> that laugh, man. 
Yes. I was like, holy cow. It stood out. But I, I did not I did not put two and two together. I haven't done quite as many rewatches as you have. But now that you mention it, yes. Oh, my yeah. gosh. I don't blame Higgins for not wanting to be around that literally all day long. That would drive me bonkers. If you get a chance just to go back and watch, or, or if you, I mean, you may have noticed that. I didn't notice it until this last time I rewatched it. Um, if you watch the lady sitting <laughs> in the chair when he laughs, mm-hmm. it, it is like the perfect reaction shot. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if that's her actual reaction or if they're like, you have to act like you're the most annoyed person on the planet. <laughs> Might be a little bit of both. You never know. I did actually clock the reaction. I did not put two and two together of Liam and then the the name drop a couple episodes ago. That's hilarious. I love that they layer that in there. Like, well, uh, pay it off seems a little bit. It's not like a big story point. I just I like that they have that attention to detail. There we go. Yeah. Um. So that's when we get Colin coming down with Doctor Sharon and repeating his mantra: "I am a strong and capable band." Strong and capable man, I am not a piece of shit. You don't need that last part, Colin. It's <laughs> such a good reading. <laughs> but, oh, uh, okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, <laughs> yes, I, I, I do. I do have a much deeper appreciation for Colin now. Yeah, he has become one of my favorites. I mean, he's he's so kind of bumbling in season two, but. Yes. The stuff with him in season three has really, like, I've gone back and been able to, I want to go back and watch season one again to see if I can, like, get some more appreciation for him there. Mm. Uh, Because he's very background in season one. That's true. He is. Yeah. He And he almost kind of is in the first half of season two. And then they, they sort of pick up a few things with him. So. Um, so there's, there's the HR Puffin stuff joke which (laughs) like is really weird because I mean that's a 50 year old joke man I don't know that anybody uh, if you're much younger than me I don't know that you know what HR Puffin stuff is (laughs) (laughs) I'm well okay why don't you just go ahead and tell me because I thought it was a Ghostbusters reference and now I think I'm wrong no it is not um, okay. That uh, that's stay puff the stay puffed mark. Oh, see, I was close. HR Puffin stuff was a weird ass show in the seventies. Uh, created by Sid and Marty Croft, uh, who did um, a bunch of a bunch of those like Land of the Lost and uh, oh. like weird just weird ass kids TV shows. Uh, and you'd have to Google. He look. Do you I remember have. the old McDonald's characters? Like yes. Grimace. It like it looked like that kind of stuff, where it's like almost terrifying. <laughs> I mean, but that's like a lot of stuff in the seventies and eighties <laughs> for is, children. It's it like, is borderline is terrifying, and it's like scary. how are we not all psychopaths? Some um, of the stuff that I watched, I'm like. Why did my parents think this was okay? I was just talking about Gremlins with uh, my buddy Adam earlier today on a podcast, and <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a horror film. Did you know yeah, this? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I 
I did not as a child. I'm not going to lie. I figured that out later in life. I'm like, that explains a whole lot. <laughs> this explains right. why I was freaked out as shit at 10 years old. And that we were talking, because there's a new show on HBO Max or Max or whatever it's called. Uh, a Gremlins animated show. And uh, it's really cute. It's really fun. <laughs> it's not nearly as scary as the films. Okay. Um, it's very cutesy animated. Um, and we were talking about it. And I was like, it's nice to see a, a more like family-friendly version of this. Because it very much got sold to us as a family-friendly film. And... I mean, it is in a sense that, like, there's no, like, nudity or hard swearing or not a ton of blood, except for gremlin blood, but it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're these cute little things that turn into these, like, terrifying monsters that cause chaos and eat everything and everybody. Uh, um. So, yeah, stuff in the 70s and 80s, man. The kid stuff back then, not like the kid stuff now. <laughs> No, it's no joke. I'm not going to lie. I, maybe we talked about this. The never-ending story scarred me for life. I've, I've never seen it, so. Yeah. You're just enough older than me that I think it, like, you would have been, like, able to, like, you would have been like, okay, this is kind of weird, but I'm going to roll with it. Like, but I, I think I saw when I was four or five. <laughs> I, had, I literally had nightmares for years. But uh, but yeah, if you Google HR Puff and stuff, anybody that hears this, like it, it looks, it looks like people dropped acid and wrote a, a children's TV show. It looks like a precursor to Fraggle Rock. Yeah, yeah, kind of. Um, once Jim Henson came along and started doing like the whole Henson Studio started doing actually like not scary looking puppets yeah <laughs> like they were softer around the edges because hr puffin stuff is just a big dude in a suit kind of like big bird except it looks like if that thing was like standing at the end of a dark alley you'd be like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me kind of a legion and that uh yes <laughs> except maybe not quite so terrifying but kind of close um but yeah yeah it, it's it was very I, I've seen bits and pieces of the show. I'm not quite old enough to have seen it in reruns, um, but I'm old enough to know what it is. So, okay, um, yeah, I was saying because like you're you're older than me, but I don't think you're not. I think you're like five years older than I am. Yeah, um, it, it had a really great theme song, but a lot of kids shows back then did have really great theme songs. <laughs> they all do. They all do. That's how they get you hooked. <laughs> Um, so what, what do you know about the FA Cup? Because I had to look it up. Oh, the FA Cup? I mean, like, kind of like they said, I mean, I've never sat down and really, like, watch, watch it. Like, maybe caught games here and there, but it's kind of like a tournament within, like, the season, kind of. But they do a couple of them. Like, I think this one is specifically for, is this only for the Premier League? Um, no, the FA Cup is for all leagues in the country. Every okay. every team can compete. Because uh, there's what... I forget how many levels of teams there are in England. It, it's <laughs> That is a rabbit hole that I went down. That I was like, it is so <laughs> fucking bizarre how it's like... Oh no, this is like a tier 10 team. I'm like, how many... Like, I, I know there's that it's a, a big country... But how many fucking teams are there? <laughs> There's a lot. A lot, a lot. 
We have 32 football teams. And this is a giant fucking country. They have so many soccer teams. I know. There's a ton. I mean, the one I'm familiar with, I mean, like the like CONCACAF, which is a weird name, but it's basically like North Central and North Central America and then Caribbean. And it's like a huge tournament. Um, but it's, it's like the American. Yeah. I think it's kind of like the American version, but because we have so few teams, we have to include a whole ton of people. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I've never really sat down and like watched the FA cup, just like I don't follow religiously follow the premier, premier league soccer or any of the other ones. So um, the first FA cup was in 1871. Oh, jeez. It is the oldest sports, like, uh, championship in, ever. Like, nothing goes back that far. 1871. wild. The Okay, so, sorry, I pulled it up on Google, and it says the most successful clubs are Arsenal. Don't they film at Arsenal? Isn't Wembley Stadium where, like, quote, where Richmond is? I think so. I'm 99% sure I heard that on films to be buried with at one point. So that's interesting. Um, Ted breaks it down like the, I love they succinctly break it down the best way they can for an American audience, but it also presumes that you know what the hell March Madness tournament is. Also Uh, true. Which, if you don't, it's going to be like, wait, what? Which March Madness tournament is basically every college basketball team in the country, like, goes in, competes, and then, you know, comes out on top. Um, It's not every, it's only, like, certain levels, I think. Um, But it is a shit ton of basketball teams. Um, It's an absolute ton. Those first rounds are, like, I think it's wild. So statistics of actually, like, getting a proper whatever to to win yeah. is like so insignificant like it's crazy anyway yeah um bracket is the word i was looking for and, and there's always like one or two teams like richmond who people are like what <laughs> it, right exactly there's always there's always someone every year it's crazy um so yeah they're playing in this this tournament mid-season which feels weird to come up in season two because this FA Cup thing happens from from what I read because I don't follow it but I went down a rabbit hole it's every, <laughs> it's every year yeah and so none of this got mentioned in season one no and that's a good point none of it did and they were in the Premier League in season one yeah good so you good. think it would be a bigger plot point yeah, I feel I feel like they're they're playing kind of fast and loose with some of this stuff, depending on how it serves the plot. Yeah, um, because I mean, kind of sort of spoilers for season three. Season three has not come up in season three yet. Yeah, <laughs> so. no, and it probably won't. Although, like, kind of like in season one, there's parts where they sort of speed up the timeline. And yeah. so, but in season two, I feel like they're really trying to live in a certain period of time a little bit more. And so they kind of have to, I feel like it's, I feel like season two revolves more around the actual 
like league and the fact that you know it's like high stakes and you know they're trying to get back to the premier league and so i feel like in season two they're really focused on like the structure of the league and how things work and the points and like all the things whereas like in seasons one and three aside from the whole relegation thing they up just like going into season three it kind of gets like like glossed over and then in season three i don't know that's not really a spoiler i don't think but yeah it's, it's not it as is focused. a lot of Season one is a lot of focus on getting to know the characters, so it is kind of fair uh, to not get too in the weeds about the the football stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and season three, it is about trying to wrap things up <laughs> because so it feels. Are yeah. they really? There they they. I saw the title for the finale. So are they? Are they? Are they killing it? I I think there's I I don't think there's any way Apple doesn't try to get everybody except Jason Sudeikis back. Okay. Uh, my personal opinion, I could be wrong. The shows I feel way too successful uh, to let him go out. Yes, but like, I, I, and I know this is it's an American show, but technically it's not. Um, it is a you know worldwide show because it's streaming, but yeah. we love to run our shit into the ground. <laughs> yeah. So let it overstay its welcome, um, and Apple certainly has enough money to throw at at the thing to to try to get everybody to just be like, yeah, sure, why not? Um, I just I do think it'll be much like season three. It'll be two years in the making. Yeah. Yeah. It'll. Um, it'll. it'll... But certainly the writer strike will cause uh, a lot of issues there. Yeah. Well, yeah, that, that's going to cause issues for a lot of things. So hopefully they can resolve that. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting on the CW to just announce that they're, they're closing shop. <laughs> right. I know. That's kind of how I feel too. Um, so Beard and Jane back together, which Oh, man. I feel like Beard and Jane were that couple that we all knew in high school, <laughs> or maybe even out of high school, college mm-hmm. years, 20s, 30s, where it's just like, well, we broke up. Well, we got back together. So, like, when he's like, well, Jane and I are back together, I very much am always just like, wait, when does I break up? Right? Me too. Because <laughs> <laughs> it happens so often. <laughs> or so it seems. Yeah. No, I very much have that reaction, but I do I do really like how they explore this relationship a bit this episode. So. Yeah, me too. Um, if you've never been in a relationship like that, certainly you knew somebody that has. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone so does. Where do you fall on the, do you tell them, do, do you tell your friend like, hey, I don't think this is necessarily good for you. Maybe you need some space from this. Or do you do like, like Ted says, I know I didn't say anything because you should never say anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do think this is, this is a, I'd say this way, but there is a difference between how women handle this situation and how men handle this situation. So I do feel like it's very stereotypical male response to be like, yeah, no, you just kind of support him because that's not, because guys, I don't know. This is my, I don't know how accurate this is, but I don't feel like guy talk gets like super emotional. It's not the right word. Like into the weeds on like the relationship stuff. Whereas like women, that's like 
a lot of what we talk about, I mean, not like details or whatever, but it's like, if you need someone to vent to about your significant other, um, you call up your best friend and that's, and that's who, who you vent to. And you kind of like have more of like an open relationship. I have definitely seen someone in a relationship and been, who's been like, there's, I'm so unhappy. And I'm like, why are you still with this person? And they broke up and then they got back together and now they're married. And so I just feel like a dick, but, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so we've all known that person, but I, I, I don't know. I think, I think men and women handle it differently. That's kind of how I, that's kind of where I fall. Yeah. Um, I've been that person and I've known that person. Um, yeah. I, I, I will say this. I, when somebody says those things to me, like why you seem unha unhappy, like kind of what Higgins does, uh, not to get too far ahead, but later or even there in the moment without beard there, I've never taken it to heart, like, okay, well, I hate you because I, I've always taken it as, oh, well, this is somebody who's just trying to help me look out for my own best interest. Like, mm -hmm. now, if it comes to, like, slandering things, that that is, don't do that. Like, I'm with Ted, don't do that. Like, you know, if if your, your friend, she comes to you and is telling you all this stuff, you know, and you're just, yeah, fuck that asshole. Like, he's such a piece of shit. Like, don't do those things. <laughs> like, be supportive and just be like, well, you seem really unhappy. Like, so maybe, you know, just take some space. Uh, you know, just don't get into the name calling and stuff like that. But uh, mm, yeah. uh, I've never been, but I, to, to your point about men and women taking it differently, I've known a lot of women who, like, that is their reaction. And then it just has this like contemptuous thing in the relationship like their friendship you know is tested because oh well you know I feel like I can't go to this person anymore because I'm dating the guy she told me that I shouldn't be dating and I, yeah I think there is a difference I mean the reverse is probably also true gender wise in some cases I mean it's not an absolute but yeah. I do think you're right. Men and women approach it differently. Yeah. Um, to Ted's point, though, uh, he t he says he talks about an instance when he did say something, but also it's easy to miss his uh, point about when he said something because he's like my you know one of my best friends growing up he had this girlfriend all through elementary school and high school and college and they would break up and get back together and, and I said something and it didn't go well and now he doesn't talk to me anymore and that's the last time I ever made a best man speech yes and it's like well you don't say shit like that at the wedding Ted <laughs> I had that exact same thought I'm like oh my god I can't believe that you would say that in a best man's <laughs> get up there and be like, well, they're getting married. I always hated her. I never thought they were right together, but congratulations. Like, no, nah, man, come on. <laughs> <laughs> never thought y'all would make it. Kudos on, on tying the knot. So, and then Nate, Nate's little sad story about his dad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> he sat us down and told us we could both do better. And she believed him. <laughs> or Nate. Oh, man. 
Um, so Beard comes back in after excusing himself because he got a call from Jane, which prompts this whole little diamond dog thing, uh, uh, abrupt a diamond dog meeting for which Roy does not want any part of. Uh, uh, Beard comes back in and Jane's moving in with him, mm -hmm. uh, which, okay. <laughs> seems, seems like a leap. Um, all right. So, uh, training, uh, this is where we get into some Jamie stuff, uh, which may be my favorite part of this episode. Yes. Uh, Roy refuses to coach Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. This, I love this whole storyline. Just... Uh, when Ted tries to broach the subject, Roy just says, it's all right. You could just take 4% of my paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to coach the whole team, right? <laughs> That's okay. Just take 4%. Oh my God. Um, I, yeah, it's, very, very interesting to see Jamie trying to be a better person. Yes. Yes. This is, yeah, this is the, the beginning for him. This is where he, he's trying to be a different person. He's trying to get along better with the team and become a better player, become a team player, sort of. <laughs> uh, I cannot wait for you to watch this week's episode because... There's a lot of stuff in this episode that ties very much into uh, this episode 11 of season three. It's it's very bizarre, like we talked about last week, how these themes are like reoccurring. Yes. And coming back around, um, specifically with Jamie and with uh, mothers, which come up a lot in this episode. Uh Rebecca's mom, Rebecca, uh, like twist Ted's arm, um, to go to lunch with her and her mom, because clearly she does not want to be alone with her if she doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. um, which I mean, I guess I get it. Um, and Ted brings it up. He asked beard. He's like, how's Mrs. Beard, meaning beard's mom. Uh, and he says, full on QAnon, baby. Oh, God. <laughs> I did not catch that. <laughs> uh, which, you know, is something else. Um, but Ted says it's like, I he says, I love meeting people's parents because it's like getting a window into, uh, what does he say? What makes them crazy? Something to that effect. Something to that effect. I don't remember his exact words, but yeah. It was, it was definitely like you get, yeah, you get insight into their in, insecurities. Their, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, why they are the way that they are. Yeah. Um, which is, which it, it is. And it's never, I, I don't know if you've had this experience and, and I, I'll preface this with, I love my mom. I, <laughs> I do love my mom, but like anybody that meets my mom or anybody that knows my mom will tell me about like, I just, I love your mom. And it, especially anybody that's friends with me mm -hmm. that has never met her and then eventually meets her. And they're like, your mom is so great. And, but they've heard me say something neg you know, negative about my mom. 
And like, I don't, I don't know. Like, she's just so great, and I'm just like, oh my god, you didn't live with her. <laughs> <laughs> You're not the one getting the phone call about like how how do I do, you know, X Y Z on my phone or or you know, she's not driving you insane. So <laughs> just me, one day at a time. Right. <laughs> I'm sure there. I would meet your mom and be like. Oh, she's great. And then you'd be like, no, she's an insane person. <laughs> I plead the fifth. <laughs> so, um, my dad's very much the same way. Uh, the QAnon thing makes me laugh because my dad's not full-blown QAnon, but, like, uh, like starting, like, pre-pandemic, he did, like, fall down. And, and is still very much in this rabbit hole of, like, weird conspiracy stuff and just um, like I can't go to his house anymore because oh, he's no. just watching these batshit videos I told I told him one time I said when you start telling me that the earth is flat I will stop speaking to you <laughs> just know that I'm not coming over here to watch your flat earth videos oh, um so uh Ted and Beard uh, had lunch plans. They play Secret Sandwich Switcheroo every other Friday. It seems really convoluted, man. It really does. And I wonder if they often make each other the same sandwiches. Um, and they did this time. Uh, BLT, <laughs> uh, which uh, I'm not a big lettuce guy. Um, but it's mostly because everybody uses iceberg lettuce. Mm. And I hate iceberg lettuce. Yeah, iceberg is like the worst lettuce of all the lettuce. I like on a sandwich. I like like a like a bib lettuce or maybe even a romaine in a pinch. But yeah, I like some yeah, not iceberg. I hate iceberg lettuce. I don't like like I go into places and ordering a salad. I hate it when there's iceberg lettuce. I'm like why? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I mean I know why because it's cheap. But like it's also like has zero nutritional value. At least like other lettuces have some nutritional value. Too. Yeah. I just uh, I called it crispy water to somebody one time and they were like what I was like it's just water yeah. and you actually get more out of drinking a glass of water. <laughs> yeah, isn't it one of those foods that's like negative calories or something? If that's all you were to eat, like yeah. if you sat down and ate like I don't know anybody that could possibly do this without drenching it in ranch dressing, but if you sat down and ate like a bowl of iceberg lettuce, you would actually burn more calories in the process. Yeah. Because it, it, there's like there's nothing. It's like no calories, no nutrition, nothing. Mm -mm. There's no flavor to it unless mm -mm. you put something on it. Like I don't want crispy water. Yeah. Um, so I wonder what kind of BLT they made. Like if it was a good like leafy green lettuce BLT, mm, yeah, that'd be all right. Yeah, I'm not a tomato person or a mayonnaise person, so. Yeah, that's I'm not huge tomatoes. But occasionally, um, I I like bits of tomato. Um, I'm not a not a I don't put them on like my burgers or anything. So, but I do like them in like chopped up real good in a salad. So I don't really yeah I see I don't really like them in a salad or like on a burger or anything like or on a sandwich. But I'll eat tomato products like ketchup and spaghetti sauce and salsa. <laughs> Um, so in, in their, their, uh, Ted, since Ted's going to lunch with Deborah, 
uh, and Rebecca and Keely apparently as well. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Rebecca's Which like, guy? how many people can I get to go to lunch with my mom? I so know. they have to listen to her bullshit and I don't. <laughs> Which turns into a fantastic scene, by the way. Um, he, he tosses Ted, uh, okay. You said you don't like mayo. This threw me. <laughs> he, uh, beard smells the sandwich and he goes, no horseradish. I was like, wait, what? You put horseradish on a BLT? I might actually eat it that way, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, it sounds interesting. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, don't get me wrong. I don't mind a good, like, aioli, which I know is essentially mayonnaise, but it doesn't taste like plain mayonnaise. That's kind of where I draw the line. I ruined that for some, I have a very, very good friend who, like you, she does not like mayonnaise. She has an aversion to eggs anyway, but she also has a sulfur allergy, so I think oh. that put her off her off of eggs to begin with. Yeah. Um, but, like, eggs in things, as long as she doesn't know it, that it's in there, she's usually fine. But she doesn't <laughs> like mayonnaise anyway. And we went out to lunch or dinner or something, and she ordered something, and I said, don't put aioli on that. Um, because I saw it, and she didn't say, and I knew she didn't like mayonnaise. And it was like a garlic aioli sauce. She was like, oh, no, I like that. Um, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to be presumptuous. I just knew you didn't like mayonnaise. She said, yeah, but it's aioli. I was like, that's, that's mayonnaise. mayonnaise. <laughs> she's like, what? I was like, yeah, aioli is just mayonnaise. It's just a fancy It's doctored mayonnaise. up, which is why yeah. I like it. It's the, the plain Jane mayo, oh, no. Right. But if you, yeah, turn so into so mad at me. I know. That's hilarious. That, like, I'm so sorry. That I mean, that is kind of funny. I think I do think a lot of people don't really realize that it's mayonnaise, but it. I mean, I don't even know if like for a while I even realized it, and then one day I kind of just like looked at it and I was like, oh. "This is definitely mayonnaise," but I yeah. like it. <laughs> um, it doesn't. It's not, yeah. It, it's doctored up mayo. I mean, it does. It certainly does taste better. Like, mm-hmm. a garlic aioli is certainly better than Hellman's mayonnaise. <laughs> 100%, yeah. Um, but the the horseradish thing, do you think that the... Is that a joke that Beard's making that is literally just for him and Ted? He's like, I thought you were allergic to horseradish. And Beard goes, horses and radishes? Yes. <laughs> no, I 100% think he is serious because Beard <laughs> is such a strange character. And I can just see this in his backstory that he's not allergic to horseradish. In fact, he loves horseradish, but he is allergic to horses and radishes. <laughs> I, I, I feel this very strongly. <laughs> um, so, so Jamie comes in uh, complaining about the fact that uh, um, Roy will not coach him. Uh, and looking for advice, which, I mean, I, I, I appreciate that they gave Jamie, uh, not Jamie, that they gave, um, uh, I, I just drew a freaking blank on his name, man. Nate. Nate. That they gave Nate the best line in the scene. <laughs> it, it's such, I, like, I, I can't even quote it because it's such a, like, a, it's like a sing-songy line. Like, sure, I'll just work that in whenever Roy and I are sitting down talking about things and he's asking me for life advice or something like that. And, like, he just exits out of the room as he's saying it. I know. It's so good. And you know what? 
it really sets the stage for the mm-hmm. end of this episode uh, with the the t- I'm gonna call it the tension between him and Roy because once we get to spoiler section, I've got I've got some thoughts. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's a it's a good like uh, foreshadowing for what happens at the end of the episode. Um, and t- so Ted gets a call that uh, his boy forgot his lunch, which seems like nothing, but like in hindsight going into this tournament and dealing with everything he has been dealing with, like watching it now, I'm like, that call was a real, like, uh, like added so much extra weight to what he's doing. Yeah. Like just, I, I'm not going to be there when my kid forgets his lunch and he's already at school. Yeah. It kind of, I feel like it kind of pushed him over the edge a little bit, especially once you get to the end of the episode. Um, although I know it's, I don't know if it's, if it's meant to necessarily be funny, but when he says, he's like, well, yeah, I can't do that. I'm in London. And he's like, yeah, London, England. Yeah. It's a heck of a commute. <laughs> yeah. I just, he says it so deadpan. And I was like, I shouldn't laugh at this, but it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, and, and like, I, uh, I don't know. I, I feel for him in that moment every time. Like, I cannot yeah. imagine what kind of knot that puts in your stomach. I mean, even when you work, you know, 20 minutes from your kid's school, it's still like, oh, God, that sucks. Mm-hmm. But this is like, oh, reminder, your kid is on the other side of the world. Yeah. I feel like that was something he didn't need in that moment. Sure. Yeah. Um, so they, they go to lunch with, uh, with Deborah, who, okay, again, like, I find it charmingly annoying and stupid, but I can imagine if this was my mom, because honestly, this is the kind of thing my mom does when she's holding court like this, spouting off all this regurgitated nonsense that it's just like what are you talking life is short but it's also really long and sometimes it's neither or both and then it's what the fuck are you talking about like have you ever heard the term word salad yes yes that's what it feels like to me (laughs) you went to like three therapy sessions read a bunch of self-help books which can be really useful currently reading a Brene Brown book who comes up in this episode it's yeah. very very useful and helps with like self reflection and like self improvement but like it's not it's meant for you to reflect on not meant for you to like take people to lunch and be like so I'm an expert on this now exactly exactly oh my gosh the self help industry is helpful but also problematic for this exact reason because people you know read a couple of books and then all of a sudden they think they've kind of figured out like the whole world and they have like this conversation she's like and i've just got this wisdom to share whatever it is that she says and i love (laughs) i think what kills me on this whole scene is how wrapped that like ted and keely are they're just like oh my gosh well, um, uh, I mean, I, I skipped over it, but like when she shows up at the beginning at the house and hunky Luca 
is sitting there in his uh, birthday outfit mm-hmm. um, <laughs> in the kitchen, and she's like, "I left. I've left your father." Um, and she, she she spouts something, you know, about you know being her own person, and Luke is just like, "Good for you," and Rebecca's just looking at him like, "Do not." Do not, like, confirm her nonsense. Like, I've been down this road with her, um, which does come up later. Uh, but uh, she excuses herself to get, Deborah excuses herself, and that's when Rebecca's just like, please, whatever. They do this every few years. She says, quote, her dad acts up. I, I'm, what do you think that means? I... I don't know. I kind of go back and forth on this, and I can't remember if it's because I have future knowledge or not. So I'm having trouble recalling if, if it was like affairs or if it was just he spoke his mind or something and just like let her, like he said what he thought about her, and she's like, I'm not going to take this anymore. Or I don't yeah. know, maybe she's feeling oppressed or not able to be herself or live her truth or whatever other cliche thing she wants to say. Um, but I can't remember yeah i I, yeah we could probably revisit this in a later episode um because i I think you're right i think some some stuff does get said that kind of reinforms this but Mm -hmm. every time i hear this i'm like what does acts up mean like because to some people yes they would underplay an affair as just quote acting out or acting up and try to just shrug it off even though that's way more problematic and to some people quote acting up or acting out might mean like just not you know waiting hand and foot on somebody and it's like hey well that that's not really that's them being their own person and you're taking that personally so um unfortunately we don't really get any answers um i do feel like rebecca might be one of those people to downplay affairs and just call it acting out or acting up though which is surprising given the reason she ultimately left right so um and we also get our favorite our three favorite pub goers uh (laughs) make their their first appearance in this episode uh screaming at the tv uh and deborah's like could you tell them to stop yelling at the football match (laughs) which may says Oh, it's not football. It's last night's Bake Off. Do you watch <laughs> The Great British Bake Off? I, I do not watch it, no. Me either. I know people that are fucking obsessed with that show, man. I do too, actually. Yeah, I know that like some people get super into it. I am not one of them. But I've never seen it, so I don't know. Maybe if I actually watched it, I'd be super into it. But Yeah. Uh, poor Little Kink Soggy Bottom is a very catchy tune, though. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the fuck it's about or why, why they're singing it or whatever, but it is cute and funny when they're dancing and singing poor little cake, soggy bottom. <laughs> um, and May like shaking her ass. That, oh it my gosh. makes me chuckle every time. I know. Um, and then we get a Jane Beard moment where uh, Beard's eating his two BLT sandwiches. Um <laughs> And Jane calls him to say she's going to meet some guy, I don't remember his name, for lunch, mm-hmm. um, who's an underwear model. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this scene works for what it needs to be, 
Um, but Beard very clearly, like, nervous about this. Like, shit, I just let her move in with me, and now she's going to meet an underwear model for lunch. Camera pulls back. Higgins is sitting on the floor outside of the the office there, hearing this conversation. Why, why is Why didn't Higgins just stand up? Because he didn't want him to know he overheard him, I would assume. Yeah. It was a pretty uh, private so, conversation. But... So yeah, I guess that begs a better question. Why is he down there to begin with? <laughs> like, Beard sitting there when you heard him come. If you were already sitting down and you heard him come in the office, would if it was you, would you have popped your head up and just been like, hey, would you care if I had lunch with you? Something to that effect. <laughs> so I'm not sitting on the floor eating a sandwich. Um, I don't know. I feel like, you know, I feel like Higgins is kind of like an odd duck sometimes. Yeah. And he just, you know, was probably sitting there eating his stuff, minding his own business kind of off in La La Land. And then all of a sudden he probably heard the conversation start. And then once he realized who it was between, it's like a train ride. Like you can't not hear that, especially because of how he feels about the relationship. And so that's, that's my take on it. Yeah. Um, I guess that that's fair. There've been plenty of times where I've just been like, I want to be by myself. Yeah, me too. Um, so, uh, Jamie and Roy have a, quite the confrontation, um, where, uh, so Jay, Keely's advice to Jamie was just to agree with everything Roy says. <laughs> and she says that takes the wind out of his brat cells. Um, so that's what, uh, Jamie does. He agrees, like, I'm an ugly baby who can't play yada 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 um and and finally jamie's just like what the fuck like why won't you why won't you coach me and they they have you know roy really oversteps like right like he puts his hands on jamie mm-hmm. um, yeah which ted calls out like he's like you know I, I, you're not gonna believe this roy but jamie's being the mature one which Jamie says, yeah, that's right, you big, hairy baby twat. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an incredibly problematic statement. However, it was hilarious. Um, he's like, I'm trying to build bridges. <laughs> to which, it's a very Roy statement, but it makes no fucking sense to say, you couldn't build Jeff bridges. What the <laughs> fuck does that mean? Yeah, it's Roy, but it's also the beginning of, I feel, his Ted-isms. Yes. <laughs> that start to come more frequently. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're right. Uh, we saw it in the the Rainbow episode, where he we made the, the thing with the, the cab driver, we brought it up. And yeah, this is another one about, yeah, it does feel like a Ted thing. Mm -hmm. uh, although Ted would say it. Uh, happily, and Roy is saying it begrudgingly. <laughs> <laughs> True. Which I think makes it even funnier. Yeah. Um, so, in their back and forth, um, Roy basically says, I'll tell you what the problem is. You fucked him up, talking to Ted. Mm -hmm. It's like, you made him a team player, and at his heart, he is a prick. And that's where he shines. Um, which, I mean, I would agree with. I do, too. But talk about backhanded compliments. Holy mm -hmm. cow. I mean, this is a very explosive argument slash conversation. And, like, it starts one way. And then it comes with Roy just, like, 
letting it all out and being like, you can be a star if you would just get out of your own way. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, you, I've never played team sports. You have, it's gotta be yeah. a difficult thing when to like, especially if you know, you're good, you know, it's that whole, give me the ball, give me the ball. I know I can do it. I don't have faith in my teammates. Give me the ball. And if you are a superstar, it's, I can imagine it's hard not to think like that. But then when you wrap your head around being like, nope, we got to be in this together. It's a team sport. And then like to go back and forth from that, like team mentality to basically a narcissistic mentality has to be really difficult. Yeah. I mean, it is really difficult, but it's also why, you practice the way you practice and you drill the way that you drill so that everything becomes second nature, the working with the team, the, the forming, like all your set pieces, everything, like it just kind of becomes second nature because that that's all you do. That's all you drill like back and forth and over and over again. But the things where you can shine are your individual skill set, like your, your, your foot skills with the ball, like in, you know, like how you, how you make the turn or how you, fake out the, the player in front of you and whether that's to get get the cross off so that someone can can crash you know can crash the box and score the goal or if it's to take it yourself like if you're in that position and, and it just depends it depends on the formation you're playing it depends on the philosophy like i mean sometimes pe- people use sometimes people use strikers to to turn and, and to score other times strikers are just there to feed the ball like you use them and they they just they lay it off like they never turn around and score their goal their job because that that was a position that I played my job was to get in the defender's way stay in front of the defender receive the ball and lay it off so that they could either cross it or someone else could score so it just it depends on a lot of factors but in a sport especially in a sport like this it's like you have to know your own limits like you cannot play 1v11 it just it never works and I think Jamie's former mentality was he's going to play 1v11 it is him versus the entire other team and no one else matters and he needs to get to that point where he can still shine but he's working within the team yeah I mean we see it so in the opening scene what we do see is him being that team player because it's Danny that scores that opening that goal at the beginning when they're recapping the game and you know, yeah. uh, you know, they're talking about what a run Richmond's been on and how good they look. Um, and it's Jamie making passes, which is great. But like to Roy's point, the, yes, we want you to score more goals, but the, the thing he does specifically say besides that is you have to get in the other team's head. And that was the thing that Jamie was extremely good at, not just getting in the other team's head, but his own teammates' heads, uh, which was problematic. But you still need him to get in the other team's heads. You know, if you're playing American football, you know, trash talk is part of the game. Um, And there are several players that... Yes, it's their job to either block or defend or whatever, but a big part of that job is to get in the other team's head. Yes. You have to get in their head and make them make a mistake. Yes. A um, coach literally told me once, 
do whatever you have to do to piss them off short of fouling them because they wanted me to draw the foul. She's like pulling her shorts, tugging their jersey. Just don't let, you know, make sure, you know, it's not technically illegal, but it's annoying. Shit. (laughs) Some girl, like, I swear, I thought she was going to punch you. Um, For the longest time um, in American football, uh, your hair was considered part of the jersey. um, Even if it extended past the helmet. Um, and at some point they made a rule, uh, because so many players have long hair that, that they, they stopped considering it part of the Jersey and you were able to grab. And I mean, it, it's, I won't say it's rampant, but there's also the thing of like, okay, well, you know how you stop that is you shave your head, you know? Um, if you're going to have hair that extends past your helmet, then yeah, they can grab you by the, and uh, people, I mean, if you watch a game, you see them do it, man. And it's just like, you know, I don't know how that doesn't just piss you off. <laughs> like, that would make me more mad than somebody just trash-talking me. Yeah. Like, if you just walk up and just, like, or you're coming, uh, like, tackling me, like, you're already tackling me, man. Why do you have to grab a fistful of my hair and yank it? <laughs> yeah. But they do it. And, you know, I mean it's not against the rules so yeah i mean that's your job to get in their heads to piss them off what in any legal in the sport kind of way and get them to make a mistake and they come up with uh uh, roy says we'll give you the signal because he's like oh i can go back to being a prick and he's like no when it's appropriate (laughs) (laughs) i love how he over enunciates that Mm -hmm. word Um, and one of the best shot moments in the series is, uh, just Jamie in frame. And he's like, how will I know when to do that? And Ted just sticking his head in the frame and goes, I'm real curious about that too. Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. I love how they, they, they exchange looks and they're kind of like, okay, okay. Yeah. All yeah. right. We get it. We'll know. <laughs> Um, so the, Roy's, Roy's going to come up with a signal and you'll know it when you see it. Um, so th- there's some in- interstitial stuff here with, uh, Rebecca and her mom back at her house. Um, I, you know, having this semi conversation, her mom's blowing off, going to the game with her to go listen to Brene Brown speak, which I, I give Rebecca's like, uh, but also, her mom has no interest in football. Mm-hmm. And, you know, do you really want her there, like, just running off at the mouth about all her nonsense while you're, you know, focused on whatever you're focused on? Which, really, Rebecca's more focused on this dude that she's she's chatting up who isn't Luca. Um, <laughs> and um, there, I felt like there was another scene. No, maybe that was it, because then from there we go straight to the game. Oh, no, there is. There's the scene in the pub where uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the 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 short one is like, if they win this, I'm going to burn this fucking pub to the ground, <laughs> which is really funny. Um, it's such a, 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 a cute comment on European uh, relationships to uh, football teams, <laughs> uh, because... Yeah. They get real dramatic about it. 
that's an understatement. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> it's like there. It's like every city is Philadelphia over there. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. them Philly people real serious about their sports. Really, really serious. Oh my gosh. Um, so, uh, we get a little bit of the game, um, but mostly it's just enough to, to introduce us to Jamie being somewhat ineffective, um, as Roy has said, and then, uh, Ted's like, so I guess it's time for the signal, and Roy's like, yeah, and did you come up with anything else? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we get we get them flipping uh, uh, Jamie the bird. That is the signal, which is honestly the perfect Roy Kent signal. Oh my gosh, it's the perfect. It's also the perfect Jamie signal too, though. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it just it works on all sides. I think my favorite part of all of this is the announcers apologizing because again, <laughs> it's live. <laughs> oh, it just made me. Um, so that just made me laugh. And Jamie tells that guy, he's like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to foul me, and I'm going to score from back here. And beat for beat, that is what happened. Yeah. So, a little bit of trivia. It is a staged game. But. I think. <laughs> he did make that shot. The actor? Yep. No. Yep. No. Yep. <laughs> That's insane. I mean, you could tell it's actually... You could tell it's actually him, at least, like, when he's facing the camera. But when they cut away, I was like, damn, that's a really good body double. But it was actually him? Yep, he made that shot. Damn, that's wild. Was it, like, pure luck, or? Had to be. They had to be just like, you're going to make the kick, and we're going to CGI the shot in later. Oh, right. And then he just kicks the ball, and it's like, holy shit. (laughs) He made it. To be fair, it's not as if it were a real game. It was a staged game. So, right. So, not that that's an easy shot to make. I mean, that's incredibly impressive. Or a lot, less, lot less pressure, though. But a lot less pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can just go out there. You're not going out there going, like, I've got to make this. You're just like, all right, I'm going to kick it. They're going to CGI it in later. You kick the ball in. Holy shit, it went in. Um, <laughs> Beard's reaction is probably my favorite. <laughs> This is the part where he just screams. Um, no, uh, he doesn't say anything. He just takes off his glasses and he's just staring. Uh, the screaming was in the the pra- when they're practicing. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> no, I thought there was a point where he just literally screamed. And he's like, ah. <laughs> I, that must be in a different episode. That's funny. Um. So, uh, everybody's celebrating. Nate goes to celebrate with Ted. Ted taps him on the shoulder. Like, very, it is affectionate, but it is very, like, it's easy to read that. Yeah, it is easy to read that as being dismissed. Mm Mm-hmm. To go congratulate Roy and celebrate with Roy. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, like every time I watch this scene now, my heart just breaks for Nate. Yes, yes. Um, <clears throat> so you know they're up one nil. Everything's just going their way, and uh, 
suddenly, I, I, it's like they don't know what to do. Like, because it's like we fast forward basically to the end of the game. Yeah. Uh, the last few minutes, and all Ted's just like, like shutting down. Like he he's having a panic attack. You know, after this like celebratory thing, it's you know a big time later in actuality, but for us it's only a couple of minutes to see him go from like holy shit that was amazing to having a panic attack is it's crazy, but I mean that's the way it happens. Yeah, I know. Yeah, which is wild. I thought it was I thought it was well done though. I I do like how they they finally. Um, I guess sort of like I don't I don't know like make it happen I guess you know what I mean like he's yeah. he's kind of been fighting this for so long that like he can't just because of everything that's gone on he can't like he can't fight it fight it back anymore. I thought it was interesting that one of the things that uh, one one of the ways they illustrate he's having a panic attack is like not just the shaking and the like. Uh, they don't really do tunnel vision, but it is very much like you can't focus. Like he just can't focus. And he keeps hearing these moments in his head. I thought it was interesting that one of the moments was Jamie's dad yelling at him. Mm, that is interesting. I didn't catch that. Um, yeah. From the end of season one, uh, when uh, his dad's got him in that Jamie in that little side room and he's just laying into him about making the pass and not taking the goal. Uh Um, Yeah. It's a a clip from that. Cause like one of them is his son going Jamie Tart. And then another one is Jamie's dad uh, laying into him. And I was just like, it's really interesting that they used that as like part of Ted's panic is, not his own father, that because we don't have a lot of reference for that, at least not yet, but somebody else's dad being disappointed in their son. Yeah, that's true. And I wonder if that's tied into the fact that he's the one who told, like, Coach Jamie to do that. You know what I mean? So, like, he yeah. brought that on him in a way. Yeah. Um, and, and watching Jamie go out there and be that player again, if only briefly. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so Ted walks off the field. Have you ever had a coach walk off the field? Not. I mean, I've seen plenty of them told to get the hell off the field. <laughs> I say I had a coach get kicked off the field once. That was fun. Um, no, I've I've never had a coach walk off. I did have a coach get asked to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, you see that a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. That's. Um, it's it's real curious you know i I mean and we'll we'll get into future episodes him explaining that or whatever uh but he just tells beard i've got to go i've got a a stomach thing which i mean good on him that's a good excuse at least you know yeah Um, because almost anything else somebody might look at you and go get it together man like yeah we're we're about to win this thing yeah um you know saying like nope gotta go stomach (laughs) won't be pretty yeah, yeah. So, I mean it's effective. <laughs> um, and the announcers even like without even knowing like the way Ted walks off the field, they assume that that's the thing too. 
He's uh, one of them says he ate a bad fish pie, and uh, the other one says, "Is there a good fish pie?" <laughs> I know. Which, oh, so funny. There, there's a lot of English dishes that I see or hear or whatever, and I'm like, shepherd's pie, which is what Re- Rebecca, what Deborah was gonna make for Rebecca. Yeah. She's like, I'll make your favorite shepherd's pie with cheesy top. Have you ever had shepherd's pie? I do really like shepherd's pie. I did not like it. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Interesting. Why? I'm curious. I I don't know if it's just this like thing in my brain. I don't mind chicken pot pie. Like I don't. And essentially that's kind of just what it is except without chicken. Without chicken. <laughs> Literally <laughs> but... what it is without chicken. <laughs> Uh, but I tried shepherd's pie and I was like, oh, I do not like this. Interesting. Oh, no, I really like it. Uh, I might like it with cheesy top because <laughs> I do like cheese. Yeah, I can't I can't eat a lot of cheese. It doesn't agree with me, but um, I think it does normally have a cheesy top on, on top of the pastry. Um, also, to be fair, I had a frozen one, so I didn't Ow. have like an actual somebody make me one, but you know living down here don't really find it a lot of places and so i i found there's a place I mean, I, there's a place nearish to me that that makes a good one i i would imagine in atlanta it would be much easier to, to at least find one that that wasn't you know garbage but uh yeah i i just i found it was expensive um but uh, you know it wasn't like a stofers or something like that um but I was like, I've always wanted to try shepherd's pie. And I bought it. I cooked it. And I was, I ate two bites. And I was like, nope, this is not for me. <laughs> I feel like that's one of those things that you got to do homemade. Or you got to get it at a place that makes it, yeah. if not quite from scratch, like essentially from scratch. Um, um But the fish pie? No. I, I, no. There's absolutely, and I like fish. But there's no way I'm trying something called fish pie. (laughs) Fish pie. Oh, yeah, it looks like a chicken pot pie. Easy British fish pie. Mashed potatoes, leeks, cheddar cheese, fish stock, all-purpose flour. Interesting. I mean, all of those things are things that I eat. (laughs) But it's it's called fish pie, and it does not sound appetizing. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it looks kind of like chicken pot pie. I'm not going to lie. Um... So, uh, Ted leaves, team's in disarray because they don't know what's going on. Tottenham Hotspur, that's the name of the other team, I think I said it right, takes full advantage of that, scores an easy goal because the team's just like, where the fuck did our coach go? Uh And so, it's tied up and nobody knows what to do. Beard doesn't, Beard's like, "What, what are we doing? Him and Roy are trying to converse, you know, trying to, to come up with a plan. Nate jumps into action, does his spit like thing that, that is his, I guess, trigger to be like, you know, asshole Nate or something. Um, and he, he pulls, uh, Colin, Danny, and one of the other guys out, puts in three defenders and, just goes full on defense, um, which baffles the announcers. He yell, uh, yells at Beard. He's like, I've got this. I've got this. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we find out uh, later that his plan was basically, you know, yes, we needed a goal, but they needed a goal too because they don't want to tie either. 
Um, so, you know, I just, you know, figured as long as we're not the ones making the mistake, then, you know, we can take advantage of it. Um, which is what happens. Uh, he, it's called Park the Bus, which is the play that they use. Uh, meanwhile, Rebecca excuses herself uh, once she sees Tedley to go try to track him down. Mm-hmm. And she's wandering through the locker room and the hallways looking for Ted. And we don't get to see what happens in the game. We only get to hear what happens in the game. Mm-hmm. What did you think about that? About what, about like the direction that of that? Choice. Yeah, that, that choice. Yeah, that choice. Yeah. I mean, in a lot of ways it makes sense because I feel like something like that is kind of an elaborate thing to stage. You know what I mean? Because they've already staged a whole lot of soccer or football in the in the episode so far. So I feel like trying to show that last play, I feel like there's too much going on to like properly choreograph that is kind of how, is kind of how I felt about it. But like, I also like, on the other hand, it felt a little odd to have like Rebecca in the locker room, kind of looking around, finding Ted's jacket, which kind of have a question about once we get to the final scene. But, um, and then all of a sudden they, burst into the room and they're ecstatic and I was like oh wow like I was as startled as Rebecca was yeah. um, so I think I think it's an odd choice but I think from a production standpoint it makes sense I think so too and it's effective in the way you need it to be like yeah. it works for your budget but it's also really effective in that you you don't have to switch back and forth between these two, like one dramatically sad thing and one dramatically positive thing. Mm-hmm. You don't have to cut back and forth. You get to overlay them. Um, you get to watch the dramatically sad thing and hear the dramatically positive thing and then kind of see both of them collide there at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, it worked. I was, I'm honestly shocked at how well it works. Yeah, I know. Like it, it does work really well. It's a little off-putting, I think, the first time you see it. But I don't. But I mean, like, I'm trying to remember. If I don't know that I remembered the exact specifics of how the scene played out from like a mechanic standpoint. You know what I mean? But I do. Like, I mean, obviously, remember the the outcome of it. So, yeah, it was a it was a little like off-putting at first. But I do think it it works really well. Like, because once you kind of get everything kind of at first it's startling and off-putting but then like once you put it all back together with like how Rebecca is talking to them and then the reaction from the team and the revelation of who you know who like what happened and who made it happen and all of that too um yeah so I mean Rebecca's in the locker room she she immediately gives credit to Roy she's like good to see the Roy Kent in full effect and Roy to his credit completely flips it around because wasn't me that was all Nate um and Nate's not standing there to hear it which is He's unfortunate not. it is unfortunate but I feel like Roy does gain points with Nate this this is part of what I want to talk about like at the end but he does congratulate him and he is present to congratulate yeah. him and I think that makes the difference in what I want to talk about in a few moments. Um, yeah. So it, it, 
the reason Nate isn't there is because, and I'm assuming we don't see that somebody has to do the post game little uh, interview. Yep. Um, and since Ted's not there and he's the head coach, I, I feel like Beard and Roy definitely would be like, "No, you, that's you, man. You go, you go take that." Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, to Beard's credit as well, and you know, Nate's on Twitter. What well, this is where the Wonder Kid thing first yep. starts, which is really brilliant. They make a lot out of it as the seasons go on, um, and I, I feel like Nate makes too much out of mispronouncing it but i also feel like i've done that exact thing as well uh, yeah what do you mean can't you just edit it like, this is live <laughs> instead of just being yeah yeah that's what i mean and blowing it off he just it's like he lets it get to him so badly um but uh yeah he's on twitter like looking at like all the you know, Wonder Kid memes that are popping up, and you know, Roy congratulates him again on his way out. Um, and then in the parking lot, we have Higgins confronting Beard about he and Jane, which not definitely not the reaction we all thought we were going to get from Beard. Yeah, no, definitely not at all. So that was kind of pleasantly surprising. Yeah. Um, and then good on Nate, or Nate, good on Higgins for, like, sticking to his guns, you know, like, hey, man, I care about you, you gotta ask yourself, he says you're already great, does Jane make you greater, you know, don't, you know, don't let somebody else bring you down, mm-hmm. um, and, and, uh, Beard hugs him, you know, so, uh, that leaves... Uh, Rebecca, which, do you think her driver just sits in the car and waits for her? <laughs> I feel like she probably texts him or something. Okay. You know, like, kind of like a, like Uber, but not an app. Like, she just sends him a message, like, hey, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be ready to go be there in, like, five minutes. Yeah, it would be, like, it would be an easy job, but it would be boring as shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the car stays there and maybe he is like somewhere inside the facility or maybe watching the game or whatever. And then just like waiting for her to be like, Hey, it's time. Um, and the team runs into Dr. Sharon as they're going out to celebrate. She agrees to go out and celebrate with him. Um, which, you know, good on her. She was at the game too. Like for, for all the like side eye, Ted tries to give her she does seem to be supportive of these guys yeah no I think so I think she's good at her job and uh Rebecca calls Ted uh because she's decided she after seeing Higgins uh confrontation with Beard she's decided she's gonna go home and have a frank conversation with her mother uh she wants advice from Ted also she's worried about him um he doesn't answer she goes home. Her mom's not there. She makes her booty call, uh, which good on her. Uh, and we see a text from this other guy that she's been going back and forth with. Uh, and then we see who that text came from. And mm-hmm. shocker, it's Sam. If you missed all of our spoiler talks, <laughs> I was 
I, when I first saw this, I was blown away. I was too. I was absolutely floored. Oh, um, and, but we'll talk more about Sam and Rebecca in uh, future episodes. <laughs> we will indeed. We will. Um, so cut to, okay, here, I'm assuming this is what you're, uh, I don't want to say confusion because it is confusing. It's not okay. your confusion. It's a confusing thing. Okay. Cut to Sharon coming into her office in the dark. Ted's on the couch with his jacket on. Yes. <laughs> Please explain. I think that there's a time difference there that the show does not effectively give you. Okay. I hope so. Sharon, Dr. Sharon goes out with the team for one drink. Right. She says, and I'll see, and uh, then I'll, I'll, she says something about seeing you back here, which could easily mean back here tomorrow or whatever. But I also took it to mean she has to come back because of whatever. Okay. So I think that there's a time jump there that the show does not effectively uh, tell us. Okay. So sometime in between all of that, Ted. Retrieves his jacket. Yes. Okay. I can accept that. That's that's my personal <laughs> head canon thing. Because, yes, I've seen it enough times to be like, well, she finds his jacket on the floor. Mm -hmm. She leaves it in the office. And then five minutes later, he's wearing it in Dr. Sharon's office. Mm-hmm. That's how it felt to me. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and Ted says, I need to make an appointment. And that is where the episode ends. Um, I, I, so I'll jump back for a second. I do think they try to tell us that there's a time jump by showing the empty field. And the fact that it's dark. Yes. Okay. I don't know that that's remotely effective if you've never been in that situation. Cause like that kind of win, that kind of environment, I feel like there would people would be like all over the place not maybe not on yeah. the field but in the stand celebrating it, it wouldn't just be like a ghost town yeah so i feel like the empty field shot is trying to tell us like this enough time has passed that there's nobody else here got it okay so that makes sense to me yeah um so yeah like i said an episode when we started that's kind of like storylines all over the place. It is. Um, there's a, a few big jokes. Um, I'm really curious, like what's your favorite funny moment in the episode is. <laughs> um, there's, there's just like little ones here and there. I mean, of course, Ted's uh, com commute from London joke was pretty funny. And then I, th I think like pretty much everything that Jamie says when he first walks into <laughs> the locker room to complain about Roy and he calls them Philistines and at the yeah. end Beard's like you might want to look mm -hmm. that up <laughs> oh when he tells Beard I don't know how to talk to you he's like, yeah then it's working <laughs> it's working I know <laughs> so many so many good moments <laughs> all right so <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna say mine I'm not gonna censor it it makes me laugh every time when they're in the pub having lunch and the guys are screaming at the the British Bake Off. 
but I, I don't I one at one before the show ends I'm gonna memorize all their names but one of them says they're all screaming at one of them says come on temper your chocolates you twat <laughs> I don't know why the way he says it and how serious he is about it makes me fucking laugh every time it's 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 funny. I think what is funny is they have just as much passion for the Bake Off yes. show as they do for their football team, and it just it cracks me up. Um, so I I feel like the the the, the stuff that's kind of foreshadowing in this episode, there's not much that we haven't already talked about before. Of course, Nate being a big one. Uh, we don't see too much of asshole Nate, but we do get a lot of like uh, foreshadowing about his turn. Yeah, and here's where I wanted to ask the question because when that when that scene happens where Ted sort of like dismisses Nate and then, you know, like moments later he's just kind of like disappeared and leaves basically like Nate to save the day. In all of this, the whole reason that Nate has started to become like fourth string or like fourth fiddle now and instead of like, you know, the the star assistant coach or whatever is because of Roy. So my initial question was like, okay, so like, why does he hold this grudge against Ted at the end of the season? And, and not Roy. And not Roy. But I, here is, and here's where I was going with when I said Roy congratulates Nate. Because I think the fact that Roy gives Nate credit, even though he doesn't hear it, it, it kind of tells, uh, informs us like where Roy's headspace is at. And then he goes out of his way to congratulate Nate on the win, recognizing that it was him, like, it was he who won the game, like, Nate won the game. Whereas, like, Ted is nowhere to be found. And earlier, he was completely dismissive of Nate, like, he wasn't really acknowledging any of his contributions. So, I don't I have kind of talked myself out of it, but I did start to question, I'm like, the whole cause of all of this right now is Roy. So why does he not have a beef with Roy? Yeah. Um, uh, this, okay. So I'm gonna have to talk around some things. Okay. Um, there's so much in this current episode, the, the episode 11 of season three, that it like resonates so big from this specific episode. Okay. It's crazy. Do I get, do I get answers? You can just stop and say I get answers. That's okay. I don't know that you get definite answers, but it makes some things make more sense, I think. Okay. I'm not okay um, for, for me, it did anyway, because I, I, I've wondered the same thing. Okay. Um, I do think there's a few things. Uh, so he has, an, he has an affection for all of them, really, but his affection for Roy goes further than even his affection for Ted, I think, because of what Roy did for him in season one. Okay. Which was getting Jamie and all of Jamie's little lackeys, Colin and them, uh, and Isaac, to stop Picking. hassling him. Yeah. yeah. Because we do get that like moment where he comes up to Roy and he's he's like, I was going to hug you. <laughs> you oh, know? yeah. Good point. Good point. <clears throat> I did kind of brush all that under the rug. Okay. Okay. Um, and it's... Uh, I can speak from somewhat personal experience. When, when somebody 
does something for you like that that you can kind of read as not necessarily life-saving but like yeah you you took this daily stress that i have and you obliterated it like it's so much goodwill that um especially if you're the kind of person who just doesn't for, forget things mm. um it's so yep. much goodwill that you're you're you let things slide not that the, Roy's done anything really at all to Nate, but it, it's easy to be like, well, no, Roy, like, no, I, I love Roy. Roy did this for me, and so it, the problem is Ted, not Roy. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, th- the way I see it, I guess. Um, but, like, Ted's slight there, I think, is really the beginning of his yeah. problem with Ted. Um or him seeing that he they are thinking that he has a problem with Ted. Um, I mean, we all know he doesn't. Um, but yeah, he also doesn't know how to to really process things and put them into perspective. Um, of Ted, it it kind of goes back to <clears throat> Ted's whole team mentality, mm-hmm. and he made Nate feel so special. Like he did the reverse with Jamie. Like he took Jay, took the special like out of Jamie mm-hmm. and made him a team player, and Nate was kind of always just taking it for the team as a kit man, and he made Nate feel so special that like when he goes back to just being part of the team, he I I the my feeling is that he just takes that as a this like insult, mm-hmm. like oh he mm-hmm. doesn't like me, yeah he doesn't think I'm. A special. special person, yeah. I see that. Yeah, <clears throat> I see that. Okay. Um, so uh, the w- one big thing, and I, we can't talk about it. Um, but you'll text me when you watch the episode. The mom stuff in this episode. Have you looked at the episode title for episode eleven? Yes. It's Mom City. City. Yeah, it's mother shit. <laughs> so rewatching this episode and just being like, "Holy cow, man!" <laughs> yeah, yes, I I did I, I I scanned I scanned the titles and I tried <clears throat> to not read the synopses, but not like yeah, only the ones that are like in Apple TV. I didn't like look online or anything. I'm like, oh my yeah. god, oh my god. Um, <laughs> uh, I was worried about the Mom City title, but like when you watch it, you're gonna be like, oh, damn, man. Like it, it is. There's so much stuff in this episode that that comes back. Um, but the the one other small tiny thing is the psychic. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I I have a feeling she's gonna come. Oh, there's some, something yelling at me. Siri's yelling at me. I had a feeling that um she was gonna come back, but like when I she gets mentioned in this episode where she takes the call and I was like, oh, the psychic. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think that this is the first mention of, because this is it the first is. time we've met her, met her mom. Um, but it, we haven't th- gotten, well, maybe you have, maybe you've gotten closure. I haven't gotten closure on the psychic yet. So I'm like, okay, I have a feeling. I know what part of it hopefully <laughs> is hap- is going to happen in that episode, but maybe not. I've been very wrong before. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got, uh, one episode left of the show proper. 
Um, we've got uh, six episodes left here in season two. And, I, I mean, maybe it's just me, but I... Well, except for one specific episode, I, five of the last six episodes of the season are fucking, like, just peak television. Oh, my gosh. There's some of the most, like, memorable stuff from season two for me. Yeah. Um, the, the next episode especially is... It's it's so... I, I love the Ted stuff in the next episode, but we'll talk about that then. Um, you can check out everything else we're doing over at xwingfiles.com. Um, I, I, I didn't put this on the, the recording for this, but uh, it might be sporadic for the next month or so, because <laughs> I'm going to be moving, so <laughs> schedules might be a little weird, or we might miss a week here or there. Yeah. Um, so, but we'll see. But either way, we're committed to getting to the end of this. So, yeah, um, we, we yeah, might just need a little, little break for you to <laughs> start out your life. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, finding a place to live and a whole other new city. Oh, um, this, this will be the fourth city I've lived in in seven years. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, they're all pretty close to each other, but still. Still, yeah, no, I know, yeah, they're not. It's not like super far, but still. Um, and if you're you're watching uh, Superman and Lois, which I am still, I, I cannot seem to catch up on. Um, <laughs> okay. Every episode is such a, I don't want to say it's a drag, but it's just no, like, it is. I'm so it's like emotionally draining. Yeah, and I'm just like, I, every time a new episode comes on, and I, I'm I'm gonna sit down to watch it, I'm just like. I don't think I can watch this right now. So I'm one week behind. Yeah. Um, Flash just ended though. So yay. Uh, <laughs> Still haven't I know watched it. You, uh, yeah, I was going to say, I know you aren't covering. You don't have to. You you literally don't have to. Uh, you could save the time, read the Wikipedia page, and be like, well, I'm glad I didn't watch that. <laughs> um, but uh, you are covering uh, Superman and Lois uh, over on your other podcast, Tomorrow's Legends. Indeed we are. Yeah. And it's uh, it's still it's still it's still going for now. We're technically still up in the air, although writing on the wall is pretty much. It looks like it's. I don't know that any of those. Uh, I don't know that uh, any of the the Warner Brothers stuff is going to get renewed at CW or the superhero stuff, I should say. Uh, yeah, well, Superman and Lois for sure is is not CW. Did not pick it up. Um, so it is now in the hands of Max. Yeah. So we'll see. I don't know what they're going to do about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have my fingers crossed. It's a great show. Me, I love it. Me too. It is a really good show. And this season, as, as heavy as it's been and as hard as it's been to watch at times, it is incredibly well done. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not hard to watch because it's bad. The Flash is hard to watch because it's bad. bad. It's just been bad. But this, it's just so heavy. I'm just like, oh, God. I don't. I don't know if I can sit here and listen to uh, the uh, emotionally draining stuff. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is tough. It is. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's been really really good. Um, so I I'll be caught up in time for the finale in a couple of weeks, right? Yeah. Um, I think we just did episode nine. I think we have four to go. Yeah. So yeah. I'll be caught up by then. So I'm on vacation this week. So yes. there you go. 
Um, um, so I, actually, yeah, if you're free at all this week, let me know. We might can squeeze in an extra episode or two. <laughs> uh, yeah, let me look at let me look at my schedule. I'll let you know if, if I can if I can swing that. Um, yeah. My my co-hosts do uh, want to officially move Superman and Lois recording to Fridays for the rest of the season. Unfortunately, yeah. So. Uh, we'll make it work. So, um, anyway, yeah, go check out all our other stuff. Go rate and review this podcast on iTunes or Google Podcasts or wherever you downloaded it from. Um, you know, uh, and we'll be back uh, hopefully next week. Hopefully, uh, should should be should be for sure good at least for one more week, and then it might get a little a little sporadic. <laughs> um, but uh, until then, thanks for coming to our TED Talk. Bye.